You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hello, welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani, coming at you on Tuesday morning. Hopefully all of you have had a chance to digest, sober up, you know, find your bearings after what many are considering to be like one of the greatest regular season games of all time. Um, 33-30 win in overtime for the Vikings this past Sunday. Um, we broke it down at length in, in Sunday's episode, almost a play-by-play. Um, and man, there were enough plays to go around certainly in, in that game. <clears throat> But you look at what the Vikings were able to do from a macro perspective, right? We talked about the micro perspective and just how incredible that game was, winning in the fashion that they did. Some of the incredible plays that kind of came to fruition in that game, their ability to overcome adversity in that game. All of those things on a micro level made for just an incredible win that I think Vikings fans are going to remember for the rest of their lives. I think this is a game that will stick with people until they die because of how special it was. And that's all from a micro perspective. That's in one singular game. As Kirk Cousins would say, each game is its own entity from a micro perspective. This game was incredible, but now let's look at what the Vikings were able to accomplish on a macro perspective because of this game. <clears throat> As it currently stands, the Vikings are 8 and 1. They are among the best teams in the NFC, unquestionably. They are among the best teams in the NFL, unquestionably. And then when you look at what happened Monday night to the Philadelphia Eagles at home at the link, they drop the contest and a 32-21 to 21 loss to the Washington Commanders. The Commanders, who we said last week, they're a plucky team. They're a team that the, the pushed the Vikings to the brink. They're a team that Taylor Heineke has the entire squad believe in. They're 5-5 five and five now, and they walked into Philadelphia on Monday night, and they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 32-21. to 21. The Philadelphia Eagles are now 8-1. and one. The Minnesota Vikings are now 8-1. and one. And those two teams share the best record in the NFL. Are they the best team in the NFL? I still think that crown goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. They are 7-2. and two. The Kansas City Chiefs kind of remind me of like the Golden State Warriors, if you follow the NBA. When, they were, when the Golden State Warriors were at the peak of their prime, they would just kind of screw around with teams throughout games, almost make things hard on themselves and see if they could dig themselves out of these holes. Um, it was like playing well for 60 minutes or for a full 48 minutes in the NBA is just boring because these teams are so good that they put themselves in these weird positions almost purposefully. I don't know if it's it's obviously more of a subconscious thing, but that's what I look at the Kansas City Chiefs. They could win every game, but they just come out sometimes lack of focus or get too cute, and then all of a sudden they're chasing, and it's almost like how far can we get behind before – we kind of turn on the Jets and catch this team and win the game. So they have two losses, but 
any given week, the Kansas City Chiefs are still the best team in the NFL to me, largely because of Patrick Mahomes. Then you go down the rest of the list. I'm having a hard time now. Now that the Vikings have a signature win, which we talked about, micro perspective the other day, incredible win over the Buffalo Bills, but a macro perspective, now that they have that signature win on their belt, I'm having a hard time. Like You throw a team out there from the NFC or AFC, and I think I could argue that the Vikings are better than that team. Let's look at it from the NFC perspective first and foremost, because that's really what matters. Um, at this point, the Vikings are 8-1. and one. <clears throat> They are well in contention for that first-round bye. I think people looked at the Philadelphia Eagles at 8-1 and one entering Monday night's game against the Washington Commanders as they're going to run away with the first-round bye. They're 8-0. Could they run the table? You look at their schedule. It's so easy on paper. And then they go out and they lose at home to the Washington Commanders. They are 8-1 and one now. They have the tiebreaker over the Vikings because they kicked the crap out of them in week two on that Monday night affair. But when I watched those two teams, and I watched the Philadelphia game last night, and I obviously watched the Minnesota game on Sunday, it just shows what can happen on any given week in the NFL. Like wins are not guaranteed, no matter if it looks like that on paper, but I see a team in Minnesota who's going like this, who's climbing, who's still ascending. And while I don't want to say that the Philadelphia Eagles are declining, because I still think they have a lot of good football in them. I think when you have a game like you did on Monday night in prime time, where Jalen Hurts looks all out of sorts, looks kind of like how Kirk Cousins looked in Monday night on week in white in week two. I think you can kind of start to look at that team and like, okay, are there some cracks in the foundation that we aren't thinking about? The Philadelphia Eagles are still a good team. They're going to be right there near the top of the NFC for the rest of the season. But I look at that division, and I've said this in the past. You got the Philadelphia Eagles. You've got the Dallas Cowboys. You've got the New York Giants. You've got obviously the Washington Commanders that just beat the Philadelphia Eagles in prime time. That division is going to continue to cannibalize itself. And I don't think any given week now we can say, oh, yeah, the Eagles, they're going to win that game. Um, they're the better team. I think we could say that heading into this week because they were 8 0, because every team that they had played, they had pretty much handled relatively with ease. But then you drop a game to the Washington Commanders at home. I don't know if you can guarantee that the Philadelphia Eagles are just going to go into like East Rutherford, New Jersey, and beat the Giants in, in a few weeks here. I don't know if you can say they're going to go into Dallas and, and into Arlington and, and beat the Cowboys a couple weeks after that. You know, you look at some of these games now, like, I just don't, I, I don't know. And I think the Eagles' loss yesterday obviously opens the door for the Vikings to make a run. <clears throat> the same logic also applies to the Vikings, though, right? Just because it looks like this is a game they should win on paper does not mean they. you can just stamp it. It's a W. What the Eagles proved yesterday is that any team can lose to any team. We knew that. That's the NFL. 
So I, I don't want to say like, okay, well, the Eagles are going to get cannibalized by the rest of the NFC East and the Vikings are just going to run the table and run away with that first round by. I'm just saying that there are there is an avenue now where we already know the Vikings are one of the best teams in the NFC. There is an avenue now where the Eagles fall off to a degree, the Vikings continue their winning ways, and they attain the first round by. Just so huge in the NFL. Any time you don't have to play in the first week of the playoffs in a sport that is such a razor thin margin for wins and losses, that's huge. That is definitely the Vikings goal at this point. I can promise you that. That is a goal that is certainly attainable. I can promise you that as well with the way they have played this season. I still say think we are going to learn a lot about this team in the next two or three weeks. Um, it's what we said entering last week's game against the Bills. We said we're going to learn a lot about this team in that week against the Bills. We did. But we also said we're going to learn a lot about this team in the weeks that follow. Dallas at home on Sunday. Dallas is a good football team. Do not let that loss to the Green Bay Packers fool you. Dallas is a good football team. The Vikings are coming off an emotional win. It's cliche. But a lot of times after an emotional win, there is an emotional hangover. You don't come out sharp the next week. This is the next test for the Kevin O'Connell Vikings. Can they shake this win over the Bills? Can they rinse it? Can they celebrate it, rinse it, and then move on and be at their best on Sunday? If they can be, if you notch a win there, then you have the New England Patriots coming to town on Thanksgiving on four days rest. In prime time on Thanksgiving, New England Patriots... I don't think they're very good, but I still think Bill Belichick is, you know, the cliche, Bill Belichick makes you play left-handed. Bill Belichick is going to take away Justin Jefferson, I think, or do his best. More on Justin Jefferson in the next segment. And then you get the you get the after the Patriots on Thanksgiving, you get the Jets 10 days after that. That's not a that's not a walk in the park game anymore. The Jets are second in the AFC, NFC, the AFC East right now. So, I think in the next 3 weeks and in the month collective, including the Bills game that over this past weekend, we're going to know so much about the Vikings. And if they come out of this, I don't know, they're eight and one now. If they're ten and two, if they go two and one over the next couple of we- next few weeks, I think they're still going to be in position in the NFC to get that first round bye. I think the Vikings, like I said on Sunday, have proven that they are a Super Bowl contender, have proven that they are one of the best teams in the NFL. I think Philadelphia's loss on Monday night is proof that the Vikings not only are among one of the best teams in the NFC, could be the best team in the NFC. Very, very interested to see how the Vikings respond on Sunday. We'll get into the the nitty-gritty of that game in Thursday's episode. Um, Thinking we might have someone from our brother podcast, um, the Cowboys podcast over at Odyssey on to kind of break that one down. If we don't, we will have another Vikings writer, whoever that may be, to come and break down that game. Um, So we'll get more into the importance and what to expect in that game later this week. Um, But man, that's going to be a huge game. If the Vikings can come out of that one, nine and one entering into Thanksgiving, I I think you're going to look at this team There's already a ton of excitement about them, Um, but I think the national excitement about them is going to continue to grow with each passing win. Um, 
I think Kevin O'Connell made a really good point. The Vikings drop these locker room speeches after each win. <clears throat> and it's become kind of a thing, like a, almost appointment viewing television on Twitter that, at that. But almost appointment viewing after wins, you have to see what the Vikings tweet. You have to see the game-winning speech because Kevin O'Connell, he's so good at them. This past week, he said, we have just stamped ourselves as one of the best teams in the league. That's something no one can take away from us now. That is true. No one can take that away from the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell is right when he says that. He said, we have stamped ourselves as one of the best teams in the league, and now we need to go out and prove it every week. Also true. The target on the back grows with each passing win. They were 7-1 and one heading into the game against the Bills. People saying they, have, they don't have a signature win. This team is fraudulent. It's not real. Now they do have a win over the Bills in Buffalo. People are starting to say, oh, my God, this team might be for real. If you go home and you if you at home beat Dallas on Sunday, the target's going to grow. It's going to grow with each passing week, each passing victory. But the good thing about this Vikings team that I've noticed so far, just being around the guys from training camp on, they don't read the headlines. There is just kind of an intestinal fortitude of belief inside that locker room with those 53 guys plus the coaches plus the practice squad. They've always believed they're Super Bowl contenders within that room. Uh, I think now nationally they're being viewed as Super Bowl contenders from an outsider's perspective. So when we come back, we will talk about greatest catch of all time. I said it on Sunday. I still feel that two days later. Um, Justin Jefferson's grab on 4th and 18 Sunday in Buffalo was the greatest catch of all time. Uh, We will break down where it stands compared to some of the other greatest catches of all time. 